Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back, and today's guest is Jeffrey Potvin of OPM, Open People Network. And welcome, Jeffrey, and we're going to start with your education first. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, Peter. Very excited to be here today. And uh, sure, I can talk a little bit about my education side. I think I'm actually going to have to think about it now for a quick second. Um, but I, uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, how far back are we going? Well, after high school. All right, all right. So um, I did a year. I went and played hockey, junior hockey so in Ottawa. So I, I did a year at Carleton University. Um, then I switched over and I did a three-year international business diploma at Seneca College, a one-year postgraduate in internet electronic commerce at Seneca College. Then I went to uh, York University for comp sci, and I did two years, switched over to public policy and management because I just stopped coding, so I decided I didn't need to uh, really facilitate that any further. Uh, so I jumped into uh, yeah, public policy and management. So I did, a, I completed a degree in that. And um, I think that's it. Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I taught at Seneca for about eight years. So awesome. Small, small world, isn't it? It is. I actually went back, oddly enough, I went back to Seneca College in uh, 2000. And maybe I'm going to say 14 or 15. And I started working part-time as uh, a prof as well. So I started teaching uh, in the entrepreneurship and business um, sectors. I did one or two courses uh, per semester or one or two days. Um, and I did my best to, to uh, I was in this mode of giving back as much as I could to help entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, I was a big fan of the school, really loved everything they were doing. And what came out of it is that uh, we made a really great partnership with Seneca College and the Helix program uh, for early stage companies. And uh, from there, uh, we continue to work with them. So they work with OPN. Uh, I was on a, um, a show with them maybe a week ago, and it was for uh, their cohort. And they brought in myself and a couple of startups that we invest in to do a panel. So I'm a huge fan of what they're doing at Seneca. Well, it's interesting. So we both know Chris Dudley, which yes. I've known for several years. So let's uh, let's get past the academics and let's talk about your work career. For sure. Well, my, my work career, again, is uh, uh, an interesting one, I guess. Um, how far back are we going? High school forward or uh, just in the work? Uh, High school forward. Entrepreneur? Well, so I started, uh, I was as an entrepreneur way back, I guess, in uh, the late 90s, so while I was going to university. And uh, up until about 2001, was just doing some small coding and network uh, development, hardware, computer building, you name it, anything techie and uh, all that side of it, I guess, nerdy stuff, which uh, was a lot of fun, um, with my brother included in a lot of that. So... In about 2001, 
my older brother and I were having a discussion and my, I was just finishing up school again and my folks were pushing me, I need to get a real job. So uh, I decided that um, I had spent my, uh, uh, a, a bunch of years in my high school time working at Loblaws. So my brother made the suggestion that I could uh, uh, apply for a warehouse job and that would get me into um, Loblaws, into the business division. Uh, computer science division, whatever tech side. So I decided to do that. So uh, I got accepted into the warehouse and I started uh, the week of 9-11. And uh, I worked in the warehouse uh, packaging skids and making uh, uh, all the runs for all the stores. So I worked there for about eight months and uh, it was the 5.30 or 5 a.m. shift, I think. And that uh, was awesome. I, I learned a lot, met a lot of great people, worked my tail off, was uh, just like working uh, on the farms when I was younger. And um, I did that for, as I mentioned, eight months. And then I kept applying for jobs at Loblaws internally. And uh, the whole idea was that because I worked internally and I had all this education, they would eventually hire me. So I worked, uh, um, I think I did five interviews, four interviews before I said, how come no one will hire me out of the warehouse? And I said that to uh, Diane, who was the HR director at the time. And she, I, I pulled her aside and I said, look, this is my fourth interview. No one wants to take me out of the warehouse. Uh, what's the reason for this? I've got all this education. I got all this great tech knowledge. What do I got to do to get a job in, in the head office? And she said, well, want the real deal? And I said, yes, tell me, please. So she said, uh, all right, when someone asks you where you want to be in 10 years, you don't tell them you want to be the CEO of Loblaws. You tell them that you want to be uh, the best at the job you're at. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to be the CEO of Loblaws. And he said, that's not how it works. They get scared of you. I'm like, what? I'm a little peon. How can you be afraid of this? Um, and eventually she said, look, just tell the lady you want or the team you want to be the best. So she said, look, I'm going to get you an interview right now. So she walked down the hall. Um, talked to a, a lady, her name was Cora, and uh, she uh, walked in and she said, you're hired, I got you a job. Uh, I was like, wow, all right. She said, you're gonna start. Now, make sure you're the best and don't, tell, don't talk about any of this, go down and meet her. So I went down, I met her, she hired me, so I started working at Loblaws. And then from there, uh, I, worked, uh, I worked in the IT department, uh, coding, server stuff, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of that area. Um, in the tech sector. Uh, then I became, um, uh, I was classified as an everything role, uh, I guess. I, the, I can't remember whether they called me a guru. They made up some weird title, thought it would be funny, but just because I did a lot of everything. I coded in Unix, Linux, I did a lot of different things. So they just kind of uh, dumped stuff on me. And then I became a special projects manager. And uh, from there, uh, I developed and built a lot of the backends for e-commerce platforms um, at the time. And uh, from there, the business team pulled me in. They said, you run these these businesses throughout. So I took um, on the role of a business manager in the e-commerce area. And that was uh, to focus on rebuilding all the e-commerce uh, to grow those areas. So I took a million dollars worth of businesses, converted them into 11 integrated them into $90 million of business in the three years that I worked under e-commerce. Um, and then from there, I got poached and picked up by a startup company called Caboose. And I worked there for about eight months, nine months. Uh, at the time, I realized that after month two, that they were just using me to launch a platform for them, which was Caboose 
for moms. Um, it was a Facebook for moms. So uh, I started working on my way out. I found a couple of agencies that I wanted to work for and they packaged me out. I backpacked through Asia for three months, came back, started applying for roles and none of them fit. I didn't really like it. So I decided to start my own software company, which was called Hardboot. I still own it today, still operate it. Uh, we have offices in Pakistan, Philippines, and Toronto, and we manage uh, enterprise resourcing and uh, product development for pharma, banks, um, and other clients. And then from there, throughout this entire journey uh, that I was on, there was one thing that was consistent throughout all of my time in uh, working in corporate and working uh, for myself uh, prior and before, was that I had a huge affinity for startups. So uh, I worked with them quite a bit, even though I didn't recognize it at first, uh, but that's how OPN started. So in uh, about five years ago, five, six years ago, uh, a bunch of the startups that I had invested in came back asking for uh, ways to get in front of investors and founders and, uh, sorry, investors and uh, angels and VCs. And uh, they kept asking. So I kind of took this on as a, a challenge and decided to create my own angel VC group, which is called Open People Network or OPN.ninja. And uh, we started with by creating a pitch event to help give back to the community and of entrepreneurs. And um, after the first show, five days later, we started, we created the show and uh, 60 people showed up. They said they loved it. You should do it again. And uh, five years later, almost 100 shows, we've uh, branched into a lot of areas helping early stage companies get funding. Um, and I'm more than happy to dive into that whole piece of it if you want or uh, up to you. But yeah, it was great. It was, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very exciting. And I found it actually quite um, interesting when I first started working with the startups five years ago it seemed really easy and seamless. I was like, why is this so easy to work with their pitch decks and get them ready and help them understand their business? And I started to think back of my last 20 years of corporate and startup world. And uh, I had been working with startups the whole time. I brought startups into Loblaws. I helped them re-engineer their pitches and their business plans. And then I would pitch them through. Uh, when I was in IT doing development, I actually pitched the marketing team um, how to re-engineer their business plans and their model to grow their business, even though I had nothing to do with that. I was a techie, um, and that's what actually got them to hire me in. So uh, I've been a big fan of startups and, and working and helping them, and it's uh, carried all the way through my career. So uh, it just made sense for me to, to really focus in on how we could help this community grow and uh, do it by getting investment and getting the right people in front of the right startups. Over the last little while since you've gone virtual, You've had to reach out, or you've reached out to uh, people on an international basis. Talk about that a little bit. For sure. Um, well, over the five-year period, uh, we focused a lot on social media and promoting and pushing a lot of the startups and a lot of what we do, what we do, and how we uh, invest and support. And what came about was that um, through throughout the journey. Uh, you're making me reminisce here, so it's uh, it's quite uh, fascinating, I guess. But um, I always say that there's little voices that you got to listen to. And sometimes you might disqualify them, but really listen because there's always opportunities there that you might not catch. Um, and there was one opportunity that came out, and it was uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, the city of Toronto, we had an event, and the snowstorm came. 
So the snowstorm, uh, basically we had to cancel our event and it was a Pichetillo event. It was the first time we had to cancel and we have two, three, 400 people that come to these events at City Hall. So we were uh, really right down to the line and we decided to cancel it. And the city called us the next day and said, you need to make this up. We were like, what, we just canceled. What do you mean make it up? They're like, no, you need to have another event. So schedule it because you booked the first one and because you canceled it, you have to make another one. So it, it made me think about it. And uh, that's where we came up with the event, which is called Skip the Line. And we decided that for two and a half years, we were trying to fix the back end of getting investors to invest quicker. And we realized that we couldn't really push the line there. We couldn't make a, a significant change, but let's try and fix the front end. So what we did by that was, why don't we become the lead generator for a lot of angel and VC groups? And we'll groom these companies from an investor standpoint and get them ready for investment. So we created Skip the Line uh, over almost two years ago. And then from there, um, COVID came and we were running all of this out of City Hall. Uh, we would have events where we'd have 400 people and then we'd have an event with Skip the Line, which would be 50 people. So same stadium, same everything, but it was different. Um, and what we decided was when COVID hit, we had to pivot per se, we were still recording all of our events, but we pivoted. And the way the pivot worked was um, we were already seeing a couple hundred companies a month and 60% of them uh, were Canadian, 40% were global. The thing is, is that with the global companies, all we could do advice, give it was advice, but we couldn't really help because we weren't really as globalized for investment. So we decided to change our event structure around and globalize everything so that we wouldn't lose the deal flow and we'd be able to offer the, offer the opportunity to any company around the world so that they could get in front of investors around the world all in one hub. So uh, we made that pivot throughout time. In the last three uh, Skip the Line events, we've globalized. So now what that means is that, as an example, on February 4th, we ran Skip the Line and it was 10 companies, two from India, three from United States, five from Canada in front of a panel that is made up of uh, eight screening members, three Canadian and five global screening members with an audience made up of up to or over 50 plus investors globally. So what that allowed for was that all of these companies were able to come in and get picked up by all of our different screening advisors, VCs, angels, uh, all coming in to see what we were doing and the quality of companies that we had and uh, worked out great. So the next one will be the exact same, but we've trimmed it. We want to be as competitive as we can. So um, it will actually be 10 companies that are pitching for eight spots. And uh, we vet them down to the best 10. And then the LPs that we have in our fund, they vet out the best eight companies that will pitch at Skip the Line from our uh, during our program that we run to get into Skip the Line. So it's pretty exciting. So it's going to be even better than it was on February 4th, and we're always challenging ourselves to keep putting out great, great startups. And at the same time, uh, we invest in one to four of those companies that pitch through our fund. And Jeffrey, uh, talk about partnerships, the importance of partnerships to uh, help you grow your organization. Well, I can say, and I, I was having this discussion just this one last night with a group, uh, very exciting actually, um, we were uh, we were talking about partnerships and they came to us and said, we want to create a partnership with you. And the reason why uh, I find partnerships to be exciting is that 
if it's a two-way street, it really brings a lot of benefit to um, bring a lot of potential growth. But it, what it also brings to the both companies is that if you're aligned, it's a two-way street. You're both benefiting each other. Uh, you're both supporting each other. And now you've got more minds to accomplish more at one time. And throughout my career, through Hardboot and through uh, OPN, we always looked for companies that were willing to put the time into us just as we were willing to put the time into them. So it made it a real partnership, not this one-sided partnership where we do all the work and only one company, the other company benefits, it's dual-sided. So we set the same thing up uh, in my um, software company where we went to a hosting provider, an SEO provider, and we sat down for lunch and said, look, you guys are great. We've been helping each other out. Let's create a partnership and promote each other and grow. And that's what we did. And uh, we did the same thing with, with OPN. Um, we've, uh, we've got a, a fantastic relationship and partnership with Miller Thompson, who's one of the largest uh, legal firms. And they've, they've uh, been part of us since we started our fund. So for three years, um, they've been at the bat and at the door for everything that we've brought in, uh, helped with all of our investments, all of our funds, uh, um, all of our uh, investors that have come into the fund. And it's made a big difference uh, having that uh, on your right side and being able to drive forward. And then the other partnerships that we've created with the city of Toronto, Startup Toronto, uh, they saw what we were doing and uh, they jumped in. They, uh, they became a sponsor. They started helping us and promoting us. And we went to all of their events and we did everything we could to support the Toronto ecosystem. So that was pretty massive. And then get them getting behind all of our events and supporting what we were doing because we were helping the community and helping them get in front of the right investors. So the partnerships have really blown up uh, in being that it's companies that are looking to do the same hard work you are that make a big difference. And the conversation I had last night was with um, an accelerator slash incubator business. And they really started vetting through startups with us about a year ago, year and a half ago. And they continue to build their model up uh, and how they operate with companies. And they have done a, a phenomenal job on really structuring and finding some great companies. And then what they did was they said, we want to be part of, skip the line. So we're so heavily involved in what you guys do in your program. We want to actually take care of all of the, the backend financial stuff and everything the partnership wise. And we want to just make sure that we have one or two spots at every event that you guys run so that we can make sure our startups are getting this global exposure and getting the investment opportunities. So uh, now we're working on some products that we're going to build with them. And it's really turned into a real great relationship. And again, it's a group of smart people really crushing it in their space of what they're doing. And we've got the, we've had the honor to be able to work with them and, and work with their talented startups. And it's, it's exciting. So every partnership has a two way street and you just have to treat it with uh, the utmost respect and how you can help them grow. And you know what, it's going to align with you at the, at the back end of it for sure. So if one or more of our listeners wanted to uh, be a participant and pitch it, how do they go about doing that? For sure. So the, the easiest way is we have multiple programs that we run online. Uh, there's a, a free base setup, which is one that's called ETE, which is Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur. They can submit a two minute video. Um, all the requirements are online. And we basically uh, put all of this together into one episode. So we have 20 companies. The last one was 20 companies, seven or eight countries. 
um, and we run that. All of our partners join in, and they pull deal flow from it, and uh, from accelerators, incubators, tech stars, founders institute, universities, colleges, and they all jump in, and uh, they're able to pull some of the deal flow from that uh, episode that we run. Uh, we do as well, and then we to get into the the pitch it series or the skip the line series, which is all tied together as one now. So skip the line is the main. Um, focal point of where you're going for and then you've got pitch it which is part of that five or six consultations that get you to skip it it's basically applying so you send an email to myself or you submit online and you book time with uh, one of our team they'll go through and do an assessment uh, live assessment this is part of that two three hundred companies we see a month and then from there once we we've determined that we think that they're a good fit and that they're investable then uh, they sign up online and then we start working with them and get them ready for skip the line. So Jeffrey, uh, you've done a lot of things over the years, both academically and business-wise. So here's a, an interesting question. Where do you see yourself three years from now? Are you, are you going to build to sell what you're doing? Or are you going to continue to build or are you going to start something new? That is a very interesting question. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I think at heart, I'm a builder. Uh, I've realized that throughout my journey that the toughest thing I've ever done is built companies and stayed in them and run them. And uh, that's, I don't think that's my thing. I'm more of a starter. Uh, and I like to help other people build companies and do great things. So, I think I'm in the space I need to be. I think I need, I'm in the spot I need to be, which is helping uh, a lot of companies build and grow. Uh, I'm not sure I would, if I'm ready to take on a whole new startup and build something myself, but I'm certainly uh, interested in looking and finding people that are great at what they do and tying them into some of the initiatives that we have. So as an example, we're working on a, um, a new company and uh, I found a, a startup entrepreneur who I mentored years back and uh, he had the same interests. So we aligned and uh, he's actually taking the concept over and running and building a company from it. Uh, this is a whole different one. So I don't need to do that. So, but what I do is work with them to get them to the right stage of where they want to be. And to me, that's more fulfilling and they're able to fulfill what they wanted to do, which was build a, a nice, a nice, great company that they could get behind. So I think in the next three years, where do I see myself? Uh, you know, I think everybody's got to have a plan and a direction of where they want to be. And my plan is that uh, uh, OPN will be uh, probably, if not guaranteed, will be the spot where every angel VC group goes to find the best startups uh, to get their investments into. And we will have multiple products that we'll be running. Uh, right now, we're working on a debt product. Uh, so I'm building my tech hat and putting it into this. And that's going to layer onto the fact that we're going to be a $50 million fund. Uh, right now, we're working on a $5 million round. And raising funds is always tough. But we keep putting money in and we keep investing. But I guarantee you in three years, we'll be a $50 million fund. And we will have a debt product that will uh, uh, open up more doors for more startups. And we'll continue to, to work in the space and, and helping companies uh, get to where they need to be in order to uh, bring on the right investors and, and grow. Okay, last question. If you are sick or you want to go on vacation, who's your backup? You're the face of the organization. 
Well, it's another fantastic question. So the reason why I like the question is because uh, ever since I started my, my endeavors in the startup space, I always wanted to make sure that there was one thing that I wanted to be able to do uh, and nothing would hold that back. And that was that um, I love to backpack solo trips around the world. So I ensured that everything I was able to do allowed me to stay connected, but also get offline when I need to. Um, I've been to over 50 plus countries and I've ensured that my team is able to operate, function and manage without me. Uh, I'm just a little piece of side of the big pie. And um, we have a lot of great people on our team uh, from all over the world that operate and run what we do. And uh, Laura would be the primary, our GM. She is the primary piece to making that glue work. But at the end of the day, we've just built a great team of, of uh, people, entrepreneurs and business-like uh, minded people that really support the initiative of what we do. So um, it allows me the, the flexibility to work long days and short days and take holidays and still work uh, and get things accomplished for, uh, for what we do. So Jeffrey, uh, how do people reach uh, open, open, uh, people network. What's the, uh, the best way to do that? For sure. Uh, the best way is you can contact us online at opn.ninja, uh, on all social, we're all over social on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have the supporters fund and OPN pages. You can uh, reach out to myself on LinkedIn, which is, uh, Jeffrey Potvin. Uh, you can send an email uh, if you like, if that's an easier interaction, uh, j.p at opn.ninja. And uh, we facilitate all conversations. We uh, we want to ensure that we get at least 20 minutes to talk with every startup and every investor. Um, my schedule is on there as well. So you can find my schedule under opn.ninja slash team. And uh, you can book my time there. And if my time's full, uh, Laura's uh, schedule is there as well. So we we open and welcome uh, all entrepreneurs and all startups and investors to uh, to have a conversation with. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. You may not realize it, but you are a social innovator and you are running a social enterprise because you are giving back in a big way. And I think a lot of people appreciate what you're doing and I hope that it will continue long into the future. So thank you for your time today. Well, I appreciate it, Peter. And thank you very much for having me. And uh, uh, it's always a, a pleasure to be able to chat with uh, like-minded uh, individuals that are uh, trying to change the world. And I appreciate all your time. And uh, yeah, we'll keep working hard. I, I, we're not going anywhere. We, uh, we love what we do. We love helping people uh, find their way in, in the entrepreneurial space. So thank you.